Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Welcome to the Sports Yak Podcast. He knows a lot about sports. I know nothing about sports. He's Chuck. I'm Corey. Welcome to episode 215. You mean the Stanley Kovaleski episode? I know that name. Yes, as in Stanley Kovaleski Regional Stadium, the home of your South Bend Cubs. If they were still playing, Stanley Kovaleski, who made his home in South Bend, Indiana, Won 215 games in his 14-year big league career. Also had five 20-win seasons, pitching primarily for Cleveland and then a little bit for Washington and the Yankees at the end of his career. I was always wondering what uh, Kowaleski Stadium was named after, so there we go. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's on the way! It is! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! And what a perfect segue into what we're going to start talking about because a big part of the buzz in town today. And it's fueled by poor reporting on some of the media. Well, Uh, let's clear it up, Chuck Freebie. Yes. So yesterday, somebody tweets out, one of the reporters in the media, the Cubs could be coming to South Bend for their spring training. Well, there's some truth to that, but here's how this is going to work. With Major League Baseball coming to this agreement with the Players Association this week. And part of this is that the big league rosters this year will consist of 60 players. 30 of them will be on the active roster as we start the season. Those 30 on the active roster, and let's say in the case of the Cubs, that's your Chris Bryant's, your Anthony Rizzo's, your John Lester's, what we typically view as the big league team. The big guns. They're going to be at Wrigley Field. Their spring training, quote-unquote, we call it spring training, their preparation for the season, which begins July 23rd or 24th, will be at Wrigley Field. One month from today. They'll use those facilities, the hitting cages, the locker room, everything there. Now, because of all the COVID concerns, you can't put... 60 people into the locker room at Wrigley Field. You cannot necessarily use the visitor's locker room because once the season starts, these 30 extra players that you have have to have a place to work out. They have to have a place to stay sharp. Well, that can't be at the visitor's clubhouse at Wrigley Field if teams are coming into play. 
So they have to have somewhere to play and practice within 100 miles of Wrigley Field. And lo and behold, the Chicago Cubs have a minor league franchise with a ballpark that's sitting empty less than 100 miles from Wrigley Field, and it's right here in South Bend. And a nice ballpark at that. Nice ballpark. The the major league players that come here for rehab assignments rave about the facilities here. That was probably helpful. The locker room, the hitting facility, especially that first source performance center out beyond the right field fence. They love that. So the Cubs say to South Bend, and, and this has not been made official yet, but in conversations that I had with Joe Hart yesterday, who's the president of the South Bend Cubs, he told me it's a strong possibility that those extra 30 players called a taxi squad would be housed and practicing here in South Bend because they have to be available with the coronavirus. Okay, let's say for the sake of argument, Rizzo contacts the COVID virus and tests positive. And then they do some contact tracing with him and say, okay, well, you've been in contact with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. So there might be four or five players quarantined. Okay, those five players have to sit, and now you have to bring up five players right away from this taxi squad of people. Are they text, Are they testing every day when, I, once this thing kicks off? I believe so. Okay. So that said... Those 30 extra players will likely work out at Four Winds Field, Kovaleski Stadium, and be housed here in South Bend. And I know, I know there are fans out there that say, well, I'd, I'd still like to see those guys because those guys could be Major League stars. Someday they, you know, I want to get autographs, mm-hmm. et cetera. They're Cubs. I want to see them. This is a, probably a good uh, handful of them from the Iowa team right the iowa team you might even have some guys that played for south bend last year okay um you're you're probably not going to get to see them because they're not going to let you in they're they're going to keep them quarantined yeah they're trying to keep them away from people so i don't think they're going to allow fans inside the bubble that could change but right now under the current circumstances i would be surprised if any of us got to see them when I got here this morning and heard uh, the previous news before you set me straight, right? boy, did my wheels start spinning on, okay, who can we get right. while they're in town? Right. Who would we enjoy? Who would we whatever? Who, if, did that, did that enter your mind at all? No, because I was so busy pursuing the story yesterday. Let me, let me tell you how this unfolded for me yesterday. Okay. Um. I read what the agreement was between the Players Association and MLB and quickly determined kind of what I laid out for you just now, that they can't have all 60 at Wrigley Field. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, this seems like a natural habitat for them. So I left a message with Joe Hart about 9 in the morning after I got done with our morning show. And Joe didn't call me back until 3 in the afternoon. In the meantime, this reporter, and I will say it's not a sports reporter. It's a news reporter who just mishandled the story, quite frankly, uh, tweets out this thing. And so now, you know, people are running around with chickens like their heads cut off thinking the Chicago Cubs are actually coming here. 
Let's go get some baseballs. Let's get the Sharpies. Let's right. figure out where we're going to camp out. Now, fortunately, this particular reporter doesn't have a huge following. So it wasn't exploding over Twitter like it could have. Yeah. Um, I talked to Joe about 3 in the afternoon, 3.30 maybe, and I get off the phone. And the last thing I say to him is, is it okay to go public with? He goes, sure. So I go ahead and tweet it out, and the cavalcade of the afternoon now starts. You start seeing all these other uh, tweets come out as well. So in a nutshell, yes, Kovaleski Stadium is going to be busy. It's going to be 30 basically minor league players, and you're probably not going to get to see them. Who's that catcher I like from Iowa? He gets called up every now oh, and yeah, then. Oh, yeah, Taylor Davis. Taylor Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he might be here, right? He very well could be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Depending on if he's kept for the major league club because they want an extra catcher. It's going to be interesting to see how teams put together their rosters here yeah. for the sprint of a season. So now let's talk about what major league baseball is going to look like starting july 23rd or 24th this is what they have finally agreed upon this is one month away a lot of people might wonder well baseball the owners offered a 60 game season to the players as their final offer and it had in it um prorated salaries it had in it playoff money it had in it um some other things too. Wait, uh, the owners gave some of the players advances on salary so that they could kind of make it through the pandemic, and there was going to be a, a forgiveness of those loans. And so you might say, well, why wouldn't the players have taken that? Because they wound up only getting sixty games anyway. The players want the right to go to a judge in the off season and say. The owners dragged their heels on this. They colluded against us. We could have been playing more ball and gotten our more of our money, and they want a grievance settlement against the owners. They were going to have to waive the right for that grievance if they signed the deal that the owners gave them, and they didn't want to waive the right to that grievance. So that's why they threw it back at the owners and said, we're not accepting this deal. Now the commissioner has to decide something. So the commissioner decides on the 60-game schedule. Players will get their full prorated salary, so most guys are going to get 37% of what they would have made this year. Remember, there's 60 players on every roster. Um, 42% of Major League Baseball players this year will earn less than $100,000 because of those prorated salaries. And there's no playoff money. All you get in the playoffs is your meal money. That said, here's what the season will look like. 60 games. 40 of them will be against teams in your own division. So for the Cubs, that means you're going to play 10 games each against the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Pirates, and the Reds. Wow. Okay. 20 games then are against teams in your division in the other league. So the Cubs will play four games against the White Sox, four games against the Tigers, four games against the Twins, four games against the Indians, and four games against the Royals. 
That's the season. That's it. So it is a dead sprint, whereas a baseball season that we're used to is a 162-game marathon. This is now a sprint. And teams, you know, who knows what pitchers' arms are going to be like. Mm. Normal roster is 25. You're now going to have a 30-man roster. You have to think there's going to be two or three extra pitchers in there. And I think the teams with the deepest bullpens are going to do the best under this environment. But who knows what it's really what the caliber of play that we're going to see starting July 23rd is really going to look like. I know guys have been in hitting cages and they've done all these things. But how sharp are you really going to be after basically playing intra-squad games mm-hmm. here for the next month? And you're you're a pitcher for the Cubs, for example. Let's say you're John Lester. And a 30-man roster. So how many pitchers do you think that uh, David Ross is setting aside? Well, typically you would carry, on a 25-man roster, you would carry probably 12 pitchers. I would think on a 30-man roster, you're going to have 14 or 15. Okay. You're going to have two or three extra pitchers on that team. And the question is, okay, what are the other two extra players? Do you carry an extra catcher? Do you, uh, where yeah. where can you help yourself? Because also remember now, the National League plays with a designated hitter all season this year. So instead of having the pitchers come up to bat, for the Cubs, I think this is a tremendous advantage. You don't have to put Kyle Schwarber out in the field anymore, although he's got a pretty good arm. You can have him be your DH. Every stinking Schwarbs, all we need you to do is hit. Just hit. Wow. So, teams will have to figure out how they're going to do that. Another thing... What a chess game. (laughs) Well, here's another wrinkle thrown in. Because uh, teams are going to be limited on personnel, they're changing the way extra innings will be played. Once you go to the 10th inning, it will start with a runner on second base which is basically how it's done in the international game. Some minor leagues have started doing this as well. So rather than having these long, drawn-out, you know, 17-inning, 18-inning games, the hope is that by starting with a runner on second base, teams can figure out ways to manufacture runs, and it ends the game quicker. When they did this in the minor league starting last year, 93% of the extra inning games were done within two extra innings. So it was either the 10th or the 11th inning. It was done. And we'll see how it all shakes out. But I think it's going to be fascinating, not only for the baseball purists to watch, but the casual baseball fan to just see how some of these things develop. And so your your designated runner, your second base person, do you think a team goes to the same guy every time? Well, the or rule, does it depend on... The rule is it's the person who made the last out in the inning before. Oh, boy. <laughs> so now, who made your last out? Is it a, is it a big, slow guy? Or is it a, a speedster? If it's a big, slow guy, do you remove him from the game to put in a speedster? Boy, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Wow. And all of those things have to factor in to how teams 
put together the rosters. Now, do I, as a fan, get to go to Wrigley Field? Is that still... That's a good question. That still hasn't been decided. That still has not been decided. Whether there will be fans in the stands or not, and how many fans will there be? Yeah. What's Illinois' current... As we record this. Chicago's kind of on a stage three. I I don't think that they have expanded to the point where you would have fans in the stands Mm. just yet. And then there's the situation with the Toronto Blue Jays because Canada requires a 14-day quarantine. Well, ain't nobody got time for that. So I think the Blue Jays are going to have to play somewhere else in North America somewhere within the United States so that they can get away from that quarantine. <laughs> it, it's Oof. it's a strange new world that we live in with this COVID. And, and the COVID crisis, obviously, affecting everything in life, and it's affecting a variety of sports. So yesterday, um, up in the office, we have an all-sports channel on, and they're talking to a guy about... Uh, betting on golf because people are betting on more and more different sports right now because there aren't a lot of live sports to bet on. So apparently there's been a, a surge in betting on golf. And you bet on who's going to win the tournament. And a lot of the money coming in this week was on a fellow by the name of Brooks Kepka, two-time PGA champion. Well, Brooks Kepka is not playing this week. Now, those people get their money back because this happened before the tournament started. But Brooks Kepka isn't playing this week. And it's not because Brooks Kepka has COVID. His caddy, Ricky Elliott, has COVID. And because Brooks Kepka obviously is in close contact with his caddy, he's sitting this one out. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? You, I mean, First of all, if you're Kepka, you've been on the sidelines for three months while this thing goes. You, you know, no income coming in unless it's from your sponsorship money. Now, granted, Brooks Kepka has made enough money where yeah, he's going to live comfortably. He's not check to check. Right. But you got no revenue coming in for three months. So finally, you can get back out there. You can start earning money. You can compete again. No, you can't. Does a professional golfer hire their own caddy? Yes, Usually the the payroll the golfer caddy relationship, especially at that level, is very strong. Okay. So, um, for instance, when when Tiger really had his thing going, his caddy, while not nearly as popular as as Tiger, a lot of people knew who his caddy were. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that necessarily that way right now, but uh, Kepka. And Ricky Elliott have been together for quite some time. So it's not a matter of, hey, you've tested positive. I'm going to take plan B guy because you're my guy. Well, it's not only that, Corey. It's the fact that, well, you tested positive, And because you've been my guy, there's a possibility I could have it too. Does he get, has he gotten well, tested? Well, I'm sure he will be tested. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so this is, this is playing out right now. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. So you've got that. You've got the NBA seems to announce new players every day who are testing positive for COVID. Yeah. In the case of the Pacers yesterday, it was Malcolm Brogdon, who's a guard. Now, the other thing to remember about this, and I think Malcolm Brogdon's reaction was terrific because it reminds people. First of all, if you're an NBA athlete and you get COVID, it's not a death sentence. 
chances are you're going if there's a 98 and a half percent recovery rate with this disease and that's for everybody and as we know the deaths unfortunately happen for those who are 60 and older typically with more than one extenuating health circumstance so a 28 year old nba player in his prime Yes, you can test positive for COVID, and yes, you might infect other people, but you're going to recover. And that's what Malcolm Brogdon said. Okay, I tested positive. I'm already self-quarantining. I'll be fine by the time it's time to report to Orlando for the restart. So it's something to remember that, especially with NBA, Major League Baseball, Charlie Blackman, the Rockies outfielder, tested positive for COVID. Okay, you tested positive now. You'll be fine by the time the season comes around. Um, and then you have this whole thing that's going on with college football right now and teams reporting. We talked last time we chatted about Notre Dame had reported for voluntary workouts, 10 people in a workout at a time. Well, Notre Dame released the results of its testing earlier this week for COVID, and they only had one of their football players test positive for COVID because of the contact tracing. So, in other words, he's been in contact with these people. They decided to quarantine, I think it was a total of five players, put them up in housing at somewhere else other than the Morris Inn, and they're quarantining when they test negative, They'll be brought back to the facilities. But it's something that teams are going to have to deal with all season long. And and Brian Kelly talked about this in one of these Zoom press conferences. You know, say something something happens to him and he tests positive. Who's the coach that takes over as the head coach? Do you have all your quarterbacks meet in one room? Probably not because if Ian Book tests positive, you don't want the backup to have to sit as well. Right. So all these things have to be sorted out by these programs in this, I don't want to say new normal, because it's not normal. Right. This new abnormal that we have. The new abnormal that we have also, Corey, has led to a bizarre, bizarre week in NASCAR. I don't think I've seen NASCAR get this much publicity or reporting towards it in a long, long time. And the reason is, with all the protests of racial injustice, there has been a lot of focus on Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace is the lone black driver on the NASCAR circuit. He has been very adamant that he wanted the Confederate flag removed from NASCAR tracks. NASCAR being, let's face it, a primarily Southern sport, has had a lot of Confederate flags flown at its events for whatever reasons. And Bubba took advantage of the platform that he has and asked for these flags to be taken down. And NASCAR complied. They said, yes, we don't want uh, the Confederate flag displayed in any way, whether it's apparel or the actual flag itself, at any of our facilities or events. So uh, immediately... That had some backlash among some people within the NASCAR community. I think there was somebody on the truck series who who pulled out 
things like that. And again, I'm not trying to get into the politics of what happened. I'm just trying to tell you what happened. So then it was reported NASCAR was supposed to race Sunday at Talladega. The race got washed out Sunday, but then what spilled over was apparently a noose had been found in Bubba Wallace's garage on Saturday night. It was not seen by Bubba Wallace. It was seen by a crew member who then reported it to NASCAR, and NASCAR began an investigation. And how the story leaked out, I don't know. So then there's all this attention given to Bubba Wallace, and people say, well, well, this is a heinous thing that somebody would have placed a noose in his garage. And so NASCAR rallies around Bubba Wallace, and we see the 39 other drivers in the race postponed to Monday help push his car to the front of the field on Monday afternoon in a, in a show of symbolism and unity in NASCAR. It was quite a moment to watch. And, and, well, it should be lauded, the feeling that, like, if you attack one of us, you attack all of us. Yes. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And Bubba Wallace competes for the lead of that race, um, like, in towards the final laps. I think he, he finally kind of ran out of gas with less than 10 laps to go for in the race. But he was up in the top three for a long time. Race gets over. Tuesday, the FBI and the FBI now gets brought into the investigation because of this racial hate crime that may have occurred. Well, it turns out that the noose is a pull handle on the garage door. And it had been in that garage since at least October. It had nothing to do with Bubba Wallace. And in fact, uh, I've heard that there are other garage doors down there at Talladega with a similar pull handle. Uh, I understand why people are are very sensitized right now mm -hmm. to these kind of things. But then, of course, it leads people to believe, well, was Bubba Wallace just trying, or was his crew just trying to bring attention to him, et cetera, et cetera. And... Uh, this guy has been through the ringer here this week with yeah, he, all the interviews and things like that. He, I, was, he was on the press uh, tour yesterday morning. Yeah, and I, I think for the most part he's handled it pretty well. Especially it's be exhausting. Well, and especially, look, he didn't see it. Yeah. Somebody on his crew reported it. Well, somebody on the crew reports it to NASCAR. There should have been an investigation. To me, the problem with this story was that NASCAR wasn't able to conduct its investigation privately because they could have probably figured out themselves or should have been able to figure out themselves that this is a pull rope on a garage door. Yeah. It didn't happen, and all of a sudden it explodes. So have they released a photo or anything of it? There has been an image or two that came out from that particular garage from the event back in October at Talladega mm. that showed the same. And in my eyes, it's not a noose that some that somebody would be actually able to stick their neck into. It's not that big. But look, I get it. Yeah. I get it that you know, 
unfortunately, there's an elevated sense of things, right? And and yeah. and especially you've got somebody who has been outspoken against racism, and you got the flag stuff happening, right? Mm-hmm. It it's there's there's a tinderbox there, and it could go up in smoke at any moment. Sadly. All of this overshadows a pretty good accomplishment by one of our local drivers. You know, we talk about Ryan Newman a lot because he's from South Bend. There's a kid named Justin Haley from Winnemac, Indiana, who is trying to make his way on the NASCAR Tour. In fact, he won a NASCAR Monster Cup race, the big series, last year at Daytona. Came out of nowhere, had no sponsors for his car, etc. He has won on the truck series. But he's racing this year in what's called the Xfinity Series. We talked about baseball earlier. I would say the Xfinity Series is basically the AAA of NASCAR. You kind of prove yourself there, sponsors start paying attention, and you get some money for the big rides at NASCAR. Well, on Saturday at Talladega, Justin Haley got his first win in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Kid from Winnemac, Indiana. He is now the youngest driver ever to win a truck race, an Xfinity race, and a full-fledged NASCAR race. 21 years old. And and I think you'd get a kick out of Justin Haley. He's just a little guy. He's about five foot seven or something like that. Uh, baby-faced. But, man, he can drive, and especially on these super speedways. I mean, when you tell me that you've won at Daytona and Talladega, that gets your attention, doesn't it? You're, you're not even a sports fan, but you've probably heard of those two tracks. Yes. So congratulations to Justin Haley, Corrig Racing, and well, maybe it'll work out where we can get Justin on the show sometime because I'd love to hear from him as to, uh, you know, what prompted him to be a, a race car driver. Right. And, you know, what was it like growing up in Winnemac, Indiana with those kind of dreams? Where did you go? Because my understanding is the whole family's involved in this, and uh, they've got to be awfully proud of their son right now. Want to wrap up with some high school stuff that is going on. Um, and I can't re- I think we did the show last Wednesday, so eight days ago. Um, there are a couple coaching vacancies in the Northern Indiana Conference for boys basketball right now that are still open. Uh, Jimtown is still looking for a coach. I talked with Nate Dean, the athletic director over there. They hope to have a hire by July 6th. I think there's some people with some, uh, what I would call, Balgo pedigree. You know, Jimtown is on the banks of the Balgo Creek. Okay. And I think there are some people involved that uh, have have some Jimtown roots that want to get back there, and we'll see if if they wind up getting the job. Bremen has a coaching vacancy as well at the boys' basketball level. Haven't heard a whole lot about that job. And then Michigan City Marquette kind of surprised some people. They had a veteran coach by the name of Fred Mooney. Yes, his record was only 37-39 and during his three years there, but he won two sectionals. Uh, But Fred Mooney was dismissed last week, and he's been replaced with Ray Tarnow, who was an assistant coach in the program. And Ray has some local roots as well. He's a uh, Knox grad. So it'll be interesting to see how Michigan City Marquette does under that. The other questions, of course, with high school all tie in with COVID as well. Will there be fans in the stands for games? 
Um, what will the whole situation look like? If you go to the concession stand, you know, what do those operate like now? What about the marching bands? Are they able to perform at games? Are they able to sit there at games? There's all kinds of questions about high school sports that we don't necessarily know the answers to right now. What we do know, the scrimmages are scheduled for August 14th. August 15th is the first day that spectators can sit in the stands. So we're seeing a lot of schools change their scrimmage date from the 14th to the 15th so that they can start getting some ticket revenues for these games. Okay. Because this is how high schools make their money. Right. Is by selling tickets. And so if you can't sell ticket revenues to a scrimmage, that's an automatic loss leader right there. And come the 21st, they're going to want to put fans in the stands. The question, of course, will be how many can be there. And I don't know the answers to that. Those will come. I've come to watch you do your thing at high school football, and I've also gone to where my kids go to school, to Penn. Concession stands are so busy, and it seems like that's where all the kids hang out that aren't watching the game. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to think through and maneuver what's going to happen next about that area. I went to the Holy War, I think it was last year. It's like, wow, maneuvering through the crowd to get to the line. Yes. There's a lot to work through there. And... You know, where where I work, up in the press box. Yeah. Well, how do you social distance up there when you've got you got to have a scoreboard operator, you got to have a clock operator. Yeah, you guys are in there like sardines sometimes. Typically, yes. Yeah. So I don't know what that's going to look like either. We'll all find out the answers to this as the months unfold. Before we wrap up, can I do a follow-up question about baseball? Absolutely. So... The players can file a grievance after this season. Yes. Will that affect 2021? Are we talking a possible strike? Oh, I think you you have seen the seed sown for labor strife between these two sides for 2021 and 2022. Oh, boy. So while the sport has been rescued from the precipice of the cliff, it doesn't necessarily mean that the two sides still won't drive over the cliff. <laughs> okay. There's just a little bit of a fencing to maneuver. Yes. They, okay. they've, they've gone against a guardrail. Now do they get to a point where there is no guardrail and they go wily coyote on us? So uh, we are, uh, we used to do like three episodes a week, but be, just because of sports delays and whatnot, we're delayed. Like our last episode was eight days. That doesn't happen on the Twitter, does it, Chuck Freebie? No, the 46 Sports Twitter is churning out con- cogent and valuable information all day long. He said precipice and cogent in this episode. I'm highly impressed. Oh, thank you so much. You know what? I'm going to set a goal right now. we got to get you that blue check mark before 2021. <laughs> well, that would be nice. Blue check mark. We're going to work on that. All right, sports fans, Yak fans, thank you so much for once again downloading. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Stan Kovaleski. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. You've been listening to Sports Yak with Chuck Freebie and Corey Mann as himself. Corey, Corey.
Produced by Corey Mann. The Sportiac theme song by Rhett Walker. Production elements and voiceovers by AudibleGenesis.com. In partnership with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Sports Yak Archives available on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.